0: Hey, gang, welcome to episode 81 of the No Persinium podcast, your guide to immersive entertainment. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, coming to you from Los Angeles. Today on the show, a couple of old friends return. It's the folks behind Screenshot Productions, Nicholas Sherwin and Megan McHale Sherwin, who are here to talk about the all new version. Of Fear is what we learned here, which they'll be putting on in San Francisco, uh, the details on that in a moment uh, as we uh, start to get into the news and notes. Uh, let's start off with, uh, one that came in under the deadline for, um, or after the deadline. Under the deadline would mean that it is guaranteed to go in. After the deadline means it might not be in this week's New York issue, but it sounds interesting. I want to tell you about it. Starman Homecoming. Let me read you their description. A linear, interactive, immersive sci-fi horror experience based off the works of the late artist and musician David Bowie. Uh, I don't like saying that phrase. Set in the family mansion of the befallen astronaut Major Tom, you and a friend are guests at his funeral, where you'll meet his eccentric family, who are dealing with the loss differently. Uh, show is from seven to midnight on February fourth, twenty sixteen. Um, tickets are forty five dollars a person, but it's a minimum of two people per group, so they're selling them in pairs. Uh, there's, um, we'll put this, uh, we'll put this into the feeds. So you'll be able to find it there. Uh, It's in East Islip, New York. Uh, So not in New York City proper, but in East Islip, New York. All right, moving into Los Angeles. Well, I think last week Birdie was talking about the Kansas Collection coming back. And indeed, uh, it is. So February 10th and 11th, the key, which is chapter one in the Kansas Collection, um, is uh, coming back. Uh, if you missed it at IndieCade, if you missed it in the first remount, this is pretty much going to be your last chance to get into chapter one of the Kansas collection, which is, I don't, I don't want to really spoil it for those who don't know, but think about Kansas, right? Think about Kansas and think about what big story do we know takes place in Kansas and what does the speakeasy society tend to do? There you go. You figured it out. I hope. Uh, Anyway, the key is wonderful, and they're remounting it. Uh, It's 15 bucks. It's about, you know, 12, 15 minutes, somewhere in there at a time. Uh, These are little chunks of experiences that add up to a bigger whole. Now, the second chapter starts the next weekend, and this one's called The Axe. And that one is going to be... It starts, actually, uh, Thursday the 16th through Saturday the 18th. Um, All the stuff you can find at speakeasysociety.com. We've put links up in uh, the Twitter feed, got them in the Facebook as well. And, of course, they're going to be in this week's LA newsletter. Um, If you haven't done a Speakeasy Society show before, this is is a fine place to start. These are little bite-sized chunks that add up to a bigger whole. Uh, And I've been told that if you don't do the key, it is okay to do the axe. And that in fact, uh, it may subtly change things in a direct way. Um, They're thinking about this stuff. Pretty good. Hey, also in Los Angeles this month, January 19th through the 22nd, uh, Exit Reality, who've been doing uh, pop-up trucks and installations of of VR stuff, they're coming to do an event at Viceroy Santa Monica, the 19th through the 22nd. It's a VR showcase. I'm going to get a chance to check it out that weekend. Uh, also, uh, this month in LA, we've, we're busy. What do you know? We're busy. Micro Theater LA. Uh, It is sort of an experiment over at uh, the Santa Monica Studios. uh, January 28th, 7 to 10, uh, five different plays, 15 minutes each, some of which uh, look like they're going to be immersive. Still getting salient details on exactly what the production is, but it'll be in this week's issue as well. Uh, Finally, last note, in here in L.A., um, it looks like... uh, Initial tickets have gone have been released for yesterday today and tomorrow. I'm getting word. I haven't I haven't seen the letter Myself, but that's uh, the last part of the uh, have you seen Jake experience? This is going to be an overnight that I think takes place in a couple of different locations uh, So like, you know, they're listing it's going on in March and uh, you know It says like March 17th 18th 18th 19th 19th 20th. So it's an overnight and, uh the tickets are gonna be from what I hear, uh on the price of your side, but it is an all-night experience so hey, you know there's a the thing. Uh, also I hear that people you know who are who are into it are buying them already so you know what you can get away with also I really liked uh I really like therapy and dreams so there you go um, and from what I can tell it's is being structured so that you don't have to have seen each piece in order to, enjoy any single one and i think they might they might still have some water and fire tickets left not sure about that not entirely sure they might be sold out that's the second one san francisco san francisco uh january 27th and through the 29th fears what we learned here we're gonna hear a lot more about that in a second but let me just get you the salient details little boxes theater in san francisco fifty bucks. Fear's what we learned here is a synthetic experience that explores the use of fear as a social framework for control. The experience challenges the individual to consider their own perception biases and asks what is necessary to subvert systems of manipulation in order to foster equality for all persons. Immersive theater art with a point. Oh, that reminds me. That reminds me of something that I was going to bring up, and I didn't stick in the notes. And I'm going to drag it out right now because I've got the tab open. There we go. There's the tab. Um, let's come back to the to LA for a second because this one's going in in the uh, issue as well. Um, this starts. It's uh, starting on the 19th, going through February 12th. Um, Cornerstone Theater, and this this was popped in from uh, Marley Delia. Uh, who is of Shine On Collective, she popped this into our Slack channel. More on that in a second. And she said, hey, is anyone going to the new Cornerstone uh, work? Cornerstone's a theater group here in LA that have been uh, dabbling in site-specific and immersive stuff? Uh, they did some pieces last year. And what's interesting here is this piece, Fellowship, uh, it's a site-specific work that is being done at actual food banks around Los Angeles. And while you're there, you're going to be Packaging food at the food banks, so you'll be a volunteer. So it's it's a site specific immersive piece, and you're going to be doing some good while you do it, which I just I love the concept. So uh, cornerstonetheater.org fellowship, a play for volunteers. More on that in this week's issue of LA. Okay, now forward. Let's go to Denver, where we've just got a little bit on the, a little bit on like the rumorish side. Saw an article pop up from Denver Westward, which Westward W O R D, which I initially misread as West World, and I was like, wow, they're just going for it. Um, and then I was, I was like, slightly disappointed, but Westward is very a very clever play on words, like Westward, right? You know, but word anyway. Alternative weeklies, man. Like, always have the best best names. Um, why am I telling you about this? Because uh, Meow Wolf, the folks from Meow, Meow Wolf, Meow Wolf, which is in Santa Fe, uh, were, are hunting around Denver right now. They might be looking to expand, which would be very, very exciting. Um, end of story. There you go. Uh, face In the Facebook, on the Twitter. I'll probably link it in the letter this week, because why not? Um, definitely fun, exciting stuff. Um, as a possibility as we, as we expand all of our horizons. Okay. Now couple of notes. I noted that, uh, the slack was where Marley put up the thing from cornerstone. So if you want to get in on that action, uh, you probably want to email me no underscore persinium at outlook.com and, the Slack is just, if you're not familiar with Slack, I'm not going to do a huge pitch on what Slack is right now. It's, it's kind of like a focused Twitter. It's sort of like the old IRC in so many ways. Um, we're not in there all the time, but we're starting to do things like office hours where we say, hey, we're going to be here from such and such time to such and such time, so swing on by if you want to. And uh, we did that um, Thursday this week and had a really great conversation pop off. So, uh, And indeed, that's where we st- we started a whole new rumor mill channel because people were like, we want to speculate wildly about stuff. And I'm like, well, here's a, here's a box to do that in. So um, come on, join the conversation. Okay, uh, two more things before, one more thing, one more thing, one more thing before we start the actual show. I want to give a shout out to our Patreon backers who've joined up. Benja, uh, that's the only name I have. Uh, thank you for becoming our latest backer. And I think I mentioned that Brian Bishop, our our beloved friend, Brian Bishop, uh, joined the train last week. Um, but just in case I didn't, I want to make sure I got that done right now. If you want to help this show and right now the Patreon backers are the only financial support that no proscenium has this year. Mm -mm. Uh, if you want to join this train, Go to patreon.com slash no proscenium and that's how you complicate my tax life. I don't know. No, uh, you keep the, uh, you keep the lights on here and you complicate my tax life. Uh, but hey, someone's got to. All right. Now, Nicholas and Megan, great folks. We talked to them using the magic of Zencaster, which means it sounds just fine. I just couldn't look into their lovely eyes while we talked. Um... It sounded like I made a kissing noise right there. Just, I heard that, and ooh, ooh. Um, there's some great folks. Uh, I love their work, and I'm excited that the Bay Area gets to uh, see what they're up to. So you guys, you've, you're you've been up in the Bay for a while now since the last time we talked, and you're about to m- mount screenshots first production up in the Bay Area. Is that correct?
1: Yes, it is. And so we are basically doing a complete re envisioning of our very first production, which we did last October, or rather October of 2015. Uh, same title, fear is what we learned here, but far different content
0: so so that means if someone had seen it down here they'll they'll have a totally different experience if they if they trek up to the bay area and check it out
1: yeah they better buy that plane ticket and get on up
2: (laughs) (laughs) completely different i think the first fear really dealt with um a more interpersonal a more reflective fear and this deals with larger cultural and social questions about fear and political use of fear and um, control through fear and things of that nature. So it's um, within the same concept, within the same vein, but a totally different experience.
1: And I think that's sort of going to be indicative of our work for this year going forward as opposed to last year. I mean, you went through a number of our works and Really, all of them were very much focused on the psychology of the self. We had Shoshin, which was um, about non-dual states of consciousness and meditative states, and there was a lot of room for self-reflection. The very first fear dealt with very personal, kind of existential fears that we all face, fears of failure and fears of loneliness, things of that nature. And as we mentioned, as Megan just mentioned, this one really is more externally focused, and that kind of came out of I'm I'm sure we speak for a lot of a lot of the listeners and, and being artists. very frustrated artists and creatives I'm um, being very frustrated in the last year of the political landscape and a lot of the things that are happening in the country and it's it's one thing to be very frustrated and just sit back and and kind of watch it and let it happen and it's another to at least in our s- small way try and try and kind of do something about it you know create art that uh, you know, inspires people to action or gives people a call to action to behave in a in a way in in, in that context. I guess.
0: Now should be should people be thinking about this sort of in terms of of a haunt, or is is this? Because I mean, that's something you guys will often borrow. Techniques from the haunt world or from the extreme haunt world, but I, I never think of your stuff as being exactly analogous to it. Although I didn't see the original fear, right? Um, so is that the kind of thing people should be expecting, or is are, are we still, even though it's externally focused, we're kind of in a psychological? I don't want you to like. I'm, I don't want you to give away the game. Yeah necessarily because that's that's half the fun here but i guess i guess if you're if you're someone who's only ever been to say something like a freakling brothers if you're like an extreme haunt person because i'm thinking about the bay area right now right And i'm thinking about people who sort of don't have as much interaction as folks in la where there's this very large spectrum of what's possible within the haunt scene So I'm wondering if you could kind of, you know, help, help those folks sort of figure out how to steal themselves or, or, or which way not to, not that you mean,
1: you don't want them totally ready. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's safe to say for really all our productions, past, present and future that audiences shouldn't expect a haunt at all uh, as you mentioned we definitely borrow techniques and a lot of it comes just from a place of necessity because um, we have audience members going through alone and we have actors you know engaging in physical contact with the audience members you know we have to have them sign a waiver beforehand and you know we, we kind of have that cryptic vibe with a lot of our shows you know we don't release the- just
0: a little just a little cryptic <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: You know, before 24 hours before the show a lot of times and things. So, I mean, there's definitely techniques. um, People that are familiar with extreme haunts will, like, feel right at home with a lot of the, like, setup, I guess, of our shows. But when it comes to the actual show content and execution, I would say we're nothing like a haunt. And this show specifically is absolutely nothing like a haunt.
0: Good. (laughs) Megan, you feel like you have something to add there?
2: Yeah, I would say, like, I think... Our goal, I mean, haunts have different haunts have different goals, but our goal is, is never to have someone come through a show and feel um, physically uncomfortable, I don't think. I, I don't think um, we want people to be uh, coming there for the rush of adrenaline that fear can give people. I think um, we're talking about a lot of ideas. It's a mix of... Um, Multimedia—it's a mix of music, sound, sculpture, performance. So it's more of a interdisciplinary installation with immersive performance than it is a haunt. And I think that—that's kind of how we approach all of our work.
0: I'd say that that—that's beyond fair. Um, what you guys—you guys did a lot of work last year, like an, an intense amount, really. Because gosh, was God, remind me, was was part tuition in 2016 or was that really late 2015? I can't remember.
1: That was like precisely a year ago. In fact, I think the weekend we're doing Fear up here is exactly a year after part tuition.
0: Oh, my God. So, like, I think that I'm thinking about everyone down here and who's done what work. And I think let's see, God, if I if I if I count the numbers, right? So like, what Speakeasy did to Johnny, and they they remounted the stronger, and they did the key. Uh, I think that was I think that was it for Speakeasy, and then like Capital W had and the drum, and it had a Mobile remount, and like, you know, there's a few of the there's a few of the haunts that are like kind of semi regular and have their sort of series going on, but in terms of terms of companies you guys you guys had part tuition you had bardo you had uh you had the the the, the, the subscription thing i'm avoiding saying the name even though I, I know the name um you had um you had the rope what am i missing i feel like i'm missing so- oh and shoshin and you had shoshin yeah. like you had four shows Along with a, a running concern, like that's like more than anyone else did. So, what what did you kind of learn in this past year about about making stuff by making so much stuff?
1: I think we learned that we want to first of all slow down this year a little bit. <laughs> yeah. We yeah we we were really happy last year with the amount of work and and the quality of the work throughout the year. And it, we feel really fortunate to be able to stage so many shows and try a lot of new things. I mean, all of our shows were really drastically different from each other. And, you know, we incorporated interactive, gamey type elements and um, installation pieces. I mean, we just tried a lot of things. And yeah, I think it definitely, That's not
0: even like counting like the the, the, the preview slash one off things that happened at Midsummer and Scare LA.
1: Right. Like throw yeah, those in those are their own things, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I think definitely going forward this year, while it would be really exciting and, and really fun to do you know a show uh, you know in January up here and a show in February down there and alternate months and put on 10 different shows, I think it's it's sort of doing ourselves and our audience base a disservice to do that at this stage. So um, we have this show at the end of the month and we actually it's funny I should mention that because, I'm going to announce this here. We have a show in Los Angeles in February. Um, And then then we're really going to slow down. And there's there's a piece that we've been working on ongoing for the last year or so. And we're really going to just put our heads in that space. And we may not surface again until, you know, quarter three, quarter four of this year with a much larger scale piece that we're really excited about. Um, But I think it's tough, you know, when we're doing these shows, we we're really excited about, you know, the, the writing process and the content. And then we're like, Oh, we haven't even gotten a venue for this yet. And we find the venue and it's like, okay, we open in a week. Now we have to completely adapt everything we, we wrote to fit into this little space we have, or, you know, all all these, all these things that come up very last minute when you don't give yourself the ample time to, to create something that's in line with your vision. So, um, yeah, we learned a lot this year. Uh, the, on the other the other side of things, doing so many shows exposed us to a really exciting and very vibrant fan base and network of artists and creatives down in Los Angeles and I think it was really exciting doing work um throughout the year to just interact, engage and learn from so many people.
2: I think too, it also in trying so many different things, we really were able to hone in more on the direction we want to go you know going forward Mm. we tried a lot of different things we tried a little bit of more hardcore fantasy with the rope we tried um a lot with uh, bardo and with shoshin that was more um internal and spiritual and so and and even different mediums and different techniques and i think doing all that stuff helped us to really see where where we want to go from from here
0: yeah, it's almost like an entire grad school course in a single year. Um, just the breadth of the work you guys were doing. Um, now, one question that's that sort of come up, and, and I've met up with someone who was doing the the quarterly. Um, are are you guys still pursuing that uh, and the cultivation of, like, the, the core base as an interest? Because I know, like... The, The fact that you've moved up to the Bay Area has definitely made it harder to follow through uh, with ease, I guess, on on the the continuing story stuff. Um, But is that something that's still in your future or is there a kind of a hard pause right now as you guys get settled and figure out what this rhythm is going to be?
1: That's definitely going to be a focus in the future, actually continuing it. We've had a lot of dialogue back and forth of whether it's viable or responsible for us to continue it. Um, But we definitely are. And in fact, we have a team in Los Angeles that uh, will be able to run it, essentially run those interactions. I'll just leave it at that um, in our absence. Um, and, And like I just said, with doing such a high volume of work in a year, I think the ongoing membership is a really exciting kind of conduit, a creative conduit for us to really just try new things. I mean, we have a story, absolutely a very long form story written for it, but we're able to try very out there techniques and in very interesting locations with this subscription service and even though it's a very very small amount of people that are going through it, um it the fact that it is a small pool of people makes it, you know, viable for us to continue. I think if we had you know, 100 subscribers right now, there's absolutely no way we could continue it. And even with, you know, a handful of subscribers, it's been challenging in the last, you know, since we moved up here, we had those two shows and the convention appearances. And we sort of had to put the subscription on an undeclared pause for a little bit. But we've since got it going. And we definitely have content written for the next year uh, at pretty regular intervals to that effect
0: what is that you mentioned you get to play with some techniques you've been in the subscription service you've got this small pool of people that you're working with how what, what sort of are you learning about the more intimate levels of work and what sort of things are you finding sort of sort of work whether you have a a, a big you know healthy understanding of a particular audience member and what stuff just works like every time. Is that one of the, is that sort of the, one of the things you're kind of discovering? Cause I've been th- giving a lot of thought about that sort of dichotomy, like the difference between the, the very intensely personal, you know, most biographic work, which is stuff that you guys have definitely dug into in the past, even with some of your bigger shows and, and the stuff that's just sort of, well, this is gonna this is gonna happen for everybody.
2: Hmm. <laughs> I think. Are you still there?
0: Oh yeah, I'm. I'm still uh, here. I
2: am mute.
0: Off. No, no. I, I mute. I muted just in case I like coughed or sneezed or something. <laughs> oh, sorry
2: about that. Um. Yeah, I think. Well, I, I'm not sure if this answers your question, but as you're talking about it, and this is something we think a lot about too, especially because a lot of our shows tend to be, we really value one-on-one interactions and in having people go through a journey alone. Um, we've tried sort of group things and like part group and part alone. And and this is kind of, a, that. that's kind of an extension of that question is like, do you lose something when it's a large group of people and everything's happening the same for everybody? Um, is there more there when it's just a, a one-on-one interaction you might have with a performer or a space or you know, an art piece or something. Um, and I think for, for like the membership um, and the interactions we have with the members, I really, I really enjoy the um, opportunity to work one-on-one with the people in that way. And, and also how much I think that actually affects their experience in the other shows we do because we, we kind of know them well. And we have this other context um, that, that can sometimes be worked into into the other shows. I think it it's an interesting relationship. You know, we really, really appreciate our members a lot and the support that they've given us over the year. And um, it's been interesting to do a more biographical work and see how that becomes interconnected to other shows that we're doing and even other shows that that other creators
1: are doing. Yeah. Uh, It's definitely been very educational and informative and kind of emotional at times to, to delve into a singular person at such a deep level that we do in that show. And I think what I, what I was saying before that it allows us more room for personalization and, and maybe play isn't really the right word, but customized experiences with such a small amount of people because we can stage a performance that only has two people going through it in an entire evening. And, uh, whereas like Bardo Total, for example, is probably the heaviest we've gotten into personalization and customization for each audience member. That was still one person every 30 minutes. So we did tons of groundwork before people got in there and wrote scripts that were very unique and personalized for each person and had a completely different conversation and interaction with them in that last act of that show. Um, but there's only so much you can do, so I think, I think that level of personalization for our larger scale shows just isn't sustainable from just a, a work perspective. Um, but the membership gives us a very detailed and long form way to like, you just create shows for one person in in a yeah. in a unique way. So I think to answer, I, I guess this maybe answers your question is that um, essentially we want to have our performers and actors have sort of a structured improvisational take at their interactions in the larger shows. But for the most part, the show content will play out in a very similar way going forward. Whereas the membership is completely unique from person to person.
0: You guys wind up seeing a lot of stuff when you can. Um, What have you found inspiring over the past year? Uh, and I know you guys are about to like take in neuro society, uh, up there and I'm, I'm looking forward to, to what your reaction is. Cause I, I have almost no Intel about how that installation is. So you guys will have to tell me about that show. Um, but what's, what's been kind of getting your, your imaginations firing off.
2: I think we actually mentioned this last time we spoke with you, but definitely you are nowhere is still really high up on the list for me. That experience in that show was just um, was just incredible. Yeah, well, I think, I think Hoff- Andrew
0: Andrew Hoffner Hefner Hoffner, I always mess up his name, and then like I see his name. Who does um, Andrew does uh, Whisper Lodge and House World, and that was like his highlight for last year. Was that show? Um, and then I think it's on tour and like wound up in, um, Madison, not Madison, near McAllister, wound up in the twin cities. Um, and someone else I know like got to see it and just like raved about it. Um, so like, even though like the, the secret of the show has been spoiled for me, like I, I, it's kind of almost now been built up into my head. It's like this, like incredible perceptual twist that you almost like you need to experience because you won't believe your eyes.
1: That's very true.
2: Very true. I think though, I mean, that's a fun part of it, but that's not what ultimately stuck with me. It was all of the content. It was all of the the questions Mm -hmm. that you end up asking yourself after the show and that you end up having conversations about. I mean, like the, I guess if you want to say twist was yeah, perceptually challenging, but And very immersing, but um I think what what still sticks with me today is are all the conversations we've had about what the meaning of the piece was after the fact.
1: Yeah. So that one stuck with us in a big way. Other than that, we haven't really had so much time to experience too many shows in the in the immersive industry. We um, went down to Orange County recently. Um, for Have You Seen Jake's Therapy and Dreams? And the creators of that show have become friends of ours over the past year. And I, I thought that was very um, ambitious and intellectually stimulating. Um,
0: yeah, you know? I just I, I got a chance to do that one, and I was the the. the I was I was really it, it delighted me. There was like one sequence that I was like like okay, but I was I was completely completely charmed by some of the dream stuff yeah. and the first the first half of it the therapy side like I I just wasn't expecting that and I thought that was such a, a, a nifty approach uh, to. What's what's almost at this point like? There's there's been a lot of shows in the past year that have had like the and, and you guys have, have have worked in this space too, like the questionnaire, and that that it it had that and that became the framework for the conversation that we had. Uh, I thought was like really interesting because it's like it manages to touch on that personalization thing and yet at the same time have that that framework of improvisation that, that really seems to be where sort of everything is drifting towards. I'm, I'm detecting this drift into this, this, this realm of, we need to set up, we're setting up conversations between people. Um, and, and some ways they work in some ways they don't. Um, so yeah, like I wasn't, I wasn't expecting what I got out of that. And so that was, I was very pleasantly surprised there.
2: Yeah. We also went through, um, the haunt experience, the tension experience. And um, I really liked, there was a room there that was, was probably one of my favorite experiences this year too. It was it was not the um, intake room, I guess you would say, or the first room, but it was the, the second room that was like a living room with a piano and people were just kind of milling about in it. And oh, yeah,
0: the, the, the old folks' yeah, home weeding yeah. room thing.
2: And there was just something about it that was so, I w- it, it made me excited for what might come next. Um, it was just very, I felt like I could, I felt like a fly on the wall almost. I could walk around and both be immersed and be outside of the piece at the same time in that, in that section. And that, that one little room, I think, stood out to me as a really well done and, and a really good experience. I wish I had been in it longer.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was in that one for a while. Um, I think I was like the last person into it or something like that or, and, and I was definitely the last person out of it.
2: Mm.
0: And yeah, it was, it was that, that whole first section of that show, there were so many actors of over a certain age and that's not something I'm used to in immersive at all. And so it did, a, it did a strange thing psychologically to me is that suddenly I was the kid in the room again because yeah. I'm usually the adult in the room at an immersive. Um, <laughs> almost almost no matter what. It doesn't matter if it's Sleep No More or if it's, or if it's a, a speakeasy show. It's like, I'm one of the oldest people here right now. And suddenly I was like, oh, I'm a kid compared like these people have decades on me and and all of a sudden i've shifted into and that wasn't uniformly true like there were there were young ladies in that room as well but it really affected my psychology in in a way um and i found it very invigorating um to suddenly just be socially cast back into the role of dumb kid um mm-hmm. that was that was kind of amazing um but yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Like, I wanted that room to keep on going, like, um, without a doubt. Um, how's the Bay Area been treating you guys? Like, how's, how's the adjustment? Like, it's, it's, it's always such a, you know, LA to the Bay or the Bay to LA is such a, a major flip for a Californian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I,
2: lo- I love it here. Yeah, I feel really at home here.
1: Yeah, same here. And we're we're right in the Rock Ridge, Upper Rock Ridge in Oakland, and it's kind of a perfectly central spot for us. Um, you know, we're an 18-minute BART ride right into the city, and I've grown to really love the city. The more time I spend in there, the more I fall in love with it. And we're also within walking distance of like Tilden Regional Park and all these awesome open natural spaces. So it's really a perfect mix of rural and urban environments for me. Um, it's just like a really awesome cultural fit. I think just walking down to the Rock Ridge downtown or Berkeley downtown and going to like the Berkeley Bowl for our grocery shopping <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, it's I, I, it feels really. I love LA. I'll always love LA, but it, I already honestly feel more at home here than I ever did down in Southern California.
2: Yeah, I think too. Um, we're starting to to learn a little bit more about the art community here and the music scene here, and. I really I the, the community here feels very very strong and I'm really looking forward to to meeting more people and and getting more involved.
1: Yeah, likewise. And and that actually brings me um to another event that we actually went to last night that was very inspiring. It was over at the Exploratorium and um normally they're closed on Mondays, but they had a special event there. Um For uh, Kiyomi, I'm not sure her last name, but she was one of the victims of the ghost ship fire in Oakland. And they had uh, an event, like sort of a tribute to her life there. And there was um, a couple documentary screenings. There was the the Institute Jejun she was a big fan of. And um, a really cool documentary called Goodnight Brooklyn that followed the audio, the death by audio, the venue, and kind of its lifespan of seven years. And that was really inspiring. Um, but then they they kind of took over the tactile dome, which normally at the Exploratorium is this um, solo journey through darkness. And you're crawling and you're kind of navigating through labyrinthine environments in total darkness using only your sense of touch. And so there's like a lot of like you, you go down slides and to, I don't want to spoil it, but it's a it's a very tactile experience. <laughs> and um, they integrated a lot of um, Kiomi's loves of music and sound and um and movement throughout that. Yeah, it was basically like a kind of a retrospective of her life's loves and it was really moving and we don't know Keomi personally but it was really moving for us not only to go through the experience but to just see how incredibly passionate and tight knit the artistic um community is up up here up here in the bay and it actually inspired us um for uh, for this upcoming show Fear Is what we learned here the final evening um, for the last couple hours um, from nine o'clock till 11 o'clock, we're opening it up for um, artists, students, those that would otherwise not be able to afford a $50 ticket price to come experience our work. And um, just kind of in the spirit of that openness and community, we, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to, to do these immersive shows. The profit margins are very slim as is, but that's not ultimately why we are doing this by any means. It's giving people, um, the catalyst to make, you know, action and actionable changes in their own life or to others and in, in, in their community and societies around them. And we think this show absolutely speaks to that. And so, um, if there's anyone in the Bay area that's listening to the podcast right now, if you're a student creative, it doesn't matter. You know, if you, if the ticket, the ticket price is prohibitive for you, email us. The email is uh, members at screenshot dot productions. And uh, we'll get you in on Sunday evening.
0: That's really fantastic guys. Like I think, it's it's lovely to hear because it is it is hard to mount this stuff and break even, and in the same breath, we know we all know that the folks who can sort of benefit creatively or spiritually from this from this material the most are, are usually the people who can afford the ticket prices the least, right? So finding a way to strike that balance and and that you're you're getting that vibe from the Bay makes me very happy. It also makes me happy to know that vibe still exists in the Bay, because my experience of the Bay Area, of course, is, is one of sort of watching, you know, dot-com boom one, and then dot-com bust, and then dot-com boom two, and a very rapid transformation, and uh, a, a real you know, marginalization of a lot of folks out of the, out of the core of San Francisco and into other places. And, and this you know, stories like, you know, downtown rehearsal, which was the spot where every single band, you know, it was a warehouse, every single band from, you know, your, your kid brother's garage band that got kicked out by the parents all the way up to tool, uh, rehearsed in those spaces and in the height of the dot com boom it got bought by pets.com uh, which was then um, and then they kicked everybody out and then like 2 months later pets.com like folded or whatever and and then the building was never turned into their headquarters so there was this this exodus of the music scene uh, in the in the dumbest dumbest way possible and and moments like that you know are the ripple effects the moments of the the butterfly flapping its wings that that led to the the proliferation above and beyond of of the diy spaces which were always a thing in the bay area anyway um and just knowing how how strong that community remains um makes me makes me you know happy and wistful all at the same time um
1: yeah, absolutely. We're we're excited to delve into it more. I mean, that was really our first kind of exposure outside of our our home, you know, to the artistic community up here. And um, Albert, your SF correspondent's been awesome in uh, helping us kind of promote this show, and um, he's introduced us to the Rathskeller Club. And um, since coming up here, we've learned about the Adventure Design Group that's led by Gabe Smedrisman, who does the um, Headlands Gamble up here, and that's. A really exciting immersive community that's kind of more interactive and game oriented so you know we're still new to the community up here but it's it's definitely really exciting and really open and welcoming in every way so far
2: and you, you hear that tension and those experiences like you were just talking about noah with the closure and the the way that the tech industry has really changed the cultural and just the physical landscape here and i i have this because i i work in the tech industry and that's why we're up here and it's it's interesting to see the stratification because i know so many colleagues of mine and stuff who feel who really like the type of you know art that we're doing and who want to support it and i hear a lot of artists who feel pushed out of spaces and and there's issues of class and money and there's a lot of there's a lot going on here culturally and we want to not, we want to be involved in a way that 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 makes sense and that brings different people together around around important ideas.
0: Well, I love the fact that you guys have that that spark there, and like and I and I knew I knew you did. So it, it's been I've, I've been waiting to see what happens when we we sort of drop you guys in like a like a jasmine pearl of tea into that <laughs> boiling and like what the unfolding is going to be. Um, cause, cause I, I think there's, there's something to the alchemy of the, the, the lines that you guys he, are headed towards. And, and indeed like, you know, there, there is a lot of sort of gaming influenced interactivity that's happens up there. And, you know, and June definitely was uh, one line and, and, Um, the latitude was another line that happened and sort of some of the echoes that have existed since then um, like the guys at FOMA labs um, and some of the work that they do and, and the, the, the kind of the, the interesting relationship can often be that some of those companies are looking, you know, the tech companies and, and, and all of, all of that look for interesting design people. And so that people get sucked into that world that way. And at the same time, everyone is still looking for a way to express themselves and that, that it is about digital interaction. There's a lot about interface design that, that kind of is really centered in the Bay area that that part of the immersive world is very well represented. And at the same time, like the kind of stuff that's going on down here, which is more narrative, um, which is more interpersonal. Um, I feel like I, I see less of that popping up. And so if we can kind of get those worlds merging more and more, uh, uh you know, I think it's going to be a very good thing. And that's what, what I'm excited about you guys being up there is is sort we're of bringing some of our LA, some of our LA weirdness up to the Bay Area's weirdness.
2: Yeah, that's a really good way to put it.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I mean, like, it, it, both are weird, you know, like, I mean, and it, I love, I love hearing the tales out of the Bay Area, because it, it means the weirdness hasn't died. And that's always been the thing that I fear is that like, one day it'll just all be, you know, it'll just be one giant Google. Uh, you know, server farm, and that'll be like all that's left. Um, but but the Bay Area is naturally weird, and as a Bay Area native coming down to LA, you start to find oh no, no the LA is naturally weird as well. Uh, do not be fooled by the um, by the the dominance of the studios. Uh, that's just a shiny happy mask on all the strangeness that yeah. is here. Yeah. So so yeah, some good alchemy to come out of this. Um, what, uh, do you have, do you have anything, um, uh, in terms of the LA show that you want to share with the crowd yet, or are you guys gotta, gotta hold on a cycle here before you make announcements?
1: Yeah. Um, just very generally, um, it'll be happening next month in February. It will, um, be very very limited capacity. We're just actually going to be only doing two performances and similar to kind of our, our, um, our heart with fears, what we learned here um, in wanting to just get out there in the community and expose people to our work Um, and kind of going back to what I said about how just grateful we are for not only our members, but all the people and, and everyone that supported us in the last year Um, this particular show is going to be, um, invite only, um, from us and those that we're inviting to the show. It's, it's our gift to them. So there's no tickets for this show going to be available. Um, essentially those that we have been inspired by that feel very loved by, we're going to show some love back to them in a show that's called. Love is what we learned here. So that's very cheesy. Oh. <laughs> uh, I said it. But, but yeah, that's... You that's guys have so
0: mentioned really that cool. title to you before. I've been looking forward to it. So that's great.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the one. So, so yeah, um, more, more details uh, will be revealed. Um, primarily just personally to those that will be attending the show. We're not going to have a, you know, a, a massive marketing campaign by any means for this one. <laughs>
0: No, I I I don't see why. So, (laughs) well, that's good. That's good to know, though. So, um, well, hey, thank you guys for um, for jumping on the line with me tonight, and I'm I'm excited the Bay Area gets to get a taste of what you guys do, um, just around the
1: corner here. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, you, Noah. (laughs)
0: Once again, I want to thank Nicholas and Megan for being our guests on the show here today. Go to screenshot.productions, not screenshotproductions.com, not screenshotproductions.org.net. screenshot.productions to find tickets to fears what we learned here and uh, to keep up with everything that they do. Hey, uh, you want to keep up with what we do? You know that I'm addicted to Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at NoPersinium. You know that we deign to exist on Facebook at Facebook.com slash NoPersinium. We tell you about that Slack, uh, which is going to be more and more where we throw our emotional energy uh, on social media as uh, time goes on. Uh, if you want to join that, that's for just anyone. If you can hear me and if you, you want to stay up with it, come on, come on down, come on down to the Slack. Uh, get in on the Slack or uh, tell us about shows that you know about at, by emailing us, no persinium. Wait, no, sorry, I've read something else. No underscore persinium at outlook.com. Now, if you want to, uh, you know, you meet, a, you see a friend, you know, they might be into immersive stuff and you're like, hey, there's this no persinium thing. And they're like, well, how do I do it? Just just have them go to no persinium.com. That's where you can sign up for all the newsletters. Remember. We got your LA, your New York, your West Coast. We got Chicago and beyond. We've got the Southeast now. Um, and who knows what else in the future as we continue to barrel forward. Um, all that good stuff, NoPersinium.com, the links to this show, the links to the Medium collection, medium.com slash no Um, All that stuff is there. And as always, if you want to help support the show, um, you go to patreon.com slash no proscenium. Um, we very much appreciate it. The music for this episode, as always, is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society, um, whose shows you should check out if you're here in L.A. or if you're uh, up in the Bay Area and you feel like driving down or flying down, uh, that too. I Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There. There's so much going on. My head is still kind of stuffy, so I'm still a little bit out of it. Uh, But uh, there's stuff out there, and you know what happens. You know what happens out there. I'll see you at the show.